Listen, laugh, and learn. Welcome to the Don Miller Show on Florida Man Radio. Did you make me live first? Yes, I hear you now. I okay. Hear you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another live edition of the Don Miller Show. He where we listen, laugh, and learn. I, but I can't hear myself. Mountain. Oh, there we go. There we he go. Well, we coming in raggedy today. <laughs> Can we do a second take? <laughs> oh my goodness. Hello. Bootleg radio. Welcome, 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 welcome. Welcome to all of our Fans and family in mm-hmm. Fort Walton. Is it Fort Walton? Fort Walton Beach. Beautiful yes. Fort Walton Beach in the Emerald Coast, Destin, Florida. Listen, great news coming up. We got a surprise. We're not going to tell you right now, but Florida Man Radio is getting ready to hit a new location. Stay tuned for that information where you can check us out live on the radio in another city. Uh, in Florida. In Florida. But can I finish giving out yeah, shots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giving out yeah, shots yeah, to the people who are outside of Florida. How's oh, microphone right? ain't working? Today. We got, oh, one, two, one, we two. Got there we go. In California that listen to us we got family saying, in georgia we got family way 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 up north over there over there <laughs> nebraska it was nebraska and, yes. and uh, a couple other places yes. california we love uh, the sunshine state but we got yeah. family outside Everywhere. the sunshine yeah we're gonna have a family state. reunion that's what uh, we need to have a family reunion uh, mm. first of all yeah. look guys nice. I, I really want to come out of the gate um of course <laughs> many of us all of us should know uh, that twenty uh, more than twenty years ago, twenty two years, nine um, eleven happened. Uh, the World Trade Centers in New York happened. Almost three thousand Americans lost their lives, and what a real tragic event that has sparked significant change in just the way we live in America today. And I don't care what you're doing today. I want you to take a moment in your day and just think of those families, those people who lost their lives. And that tragedy. Yeah, I understand that so many people have different thoughts of what occurred that day. But I just think that, quite frankly, to me, was one of the most impactful things in the history of this country in terms of just changing the way we live and and move about every day. And uh, we definitely here at Florida Man Radio want to take a moment today and recognize those who lost their lives all of the casualties of the 9-11 attack and keep everyone in our prayers. Uh, go ahead, Demika. What were you saying? No, no, no. You can't do that. You, yeah, can't, you can't go high and then you come <laughs> low and then, no, we, no, yeah, don't so, do that. So, uh, so do you, uh, well, right now we'll just say a prayer <laughs> and then we'll move on okay, a yeah, little do, bit. Do you, do you remember where you were on absolutely, 9-11? Where were, you, where were you? My aunt at the time was in the hospital. So me and my cousin were with her in the hospital and we saw it on the news, on the screen, right there in front of us. The first one had already hit. And then we were actually watching it live when the second plane hit. So it was, I, I would never forget it. I would never forget it. I was in Jackson, Mississippi, so I was back home in my home state. Where were you, Rosie? I was I was actually in Atlanta uh, for that weekend, and uh, it was a lot going on. I was visiting. Uh, it was just kind of hanging out for the summer or whatever it was, mm-hmm. but uh it was pretty serious. I remember waking up and, and turning the television on and everybody like, why is this on every channel? Because you didn't really know because it, it was like a news brief or mm-hmm. whatever. And uh, uh, 
Then when we saw that, I, boy, that was that was something you just couldn't believe it was really happening. It's mm-hmm. it almost like this can't be real. This can And then, like you said, I saw the second plane. Yeah. And when you watch, you're sitting there going, hey, that plane looked like he ain't going to make it. He ain't going to make it. You know, you freaking out because it's happening live. Right. And, yeah. um, and then after watching it, you know, you go, oh, my God, that's terrible. That's terrible. Terrible. You're thinking about what the people are going through inside. Then all of a sudden the building starts crumbling. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that was like <coughs> I, that was, like the third. And, and they were trauma. showing it live. So you're actually able to see people trying to get away from the people the jumping building. out of the building. I, I, I wasn't going to yeah. say, but yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It, yeah, it was it was it was a lot. Uh, it, you, it was a lot. You know, I was sitting at home. Uh, Holly, you remember where I lived by the airport? Then? Yeah, I had yeah. a flight. At 12.56, so I had just gotten up. And back then, you didn't have to rush to the airport. You no. could just go straight to the gate. Yeah, yeah. So I was sitting at home. I was going to D.C. Uh, every, year, every year in September, I have an event in D.C. Right. And I was going to D.C., and I was watching TV, getting dressed. And uh, it was just like I, I couldn't believe it. And I was calling my people. And the interesting thing, if you remember, uh, all the cell phone signals in New York and D.C. were d- shut down right. that whole day, almost two days in New York. You couldn't even make a cell phone call. And so everybody was, it was just a tragic event. And I just, you know, this is, goes back, and I, I know people take it with the way they want to take it. Uh, when, when we talk about sealing our borders uh, and people push back on it, I just think uh, this country needs to continue to move forward in protecting itself because, yeah, 22 years ago, uh, this happened, but you know we allow people just to walk into this country uh, the way they're doing so right now. Who knows uh, what can happen? So again, uh, keep everyone in our prayers uh, and just stay, stay. You know, you just got to continue to. You know, I believe I live by only the paranoid survive. You know, I pay attention to every. No, I'm serious. I pay attention to every. How do you stay? Well, I pay attention. I'm watching everybody around me. Oh, oh uh, yeah. We just got to be vigilant and pay attention. Uh, again, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. The Don Miller Show, Florida Man Radio. Let's go back up high. Can we go back up high? Uh, the Florida Man Radio, the Don Miller Show, a bunch of black folks sitting in the studio with a white guy in the corner. And we're going to do this show today. So let's go, team. Let's did, did go, you, team. Did you have a call? No, Holly just told oh, me, I man, you bring us okay. way down, and then now we got to sit in the studio. That's right, <laughs> I said it. That's right, that's right I said it. Come that's, on, man. That's right. I'm, I'm, we're sitting here now. Everybody's feeling somber uh, and yeah, everything. Man, well, I'm like, telling you right I now. I want to sit up here and do Bible verses and, you know, see, have a, <laughs> he has a, a risen, Bible quiz. He has risen as he said he would. Come okay. see the place where the Lord lay. Get Amen. Lives right. That, 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 Thank you so much, everybody, yeah. again. Uh, great conversation this morning. Uh... We have a young lady joining us that I came across. I don't know how the hell I came across her. And then you sent it to me. I came across and, uh, this young lady. It was lady. a done deal after that. I know. I, I came across <laughs> this young lady. I don't know what. And I ain't going to lie. She was cute. And <laughs> I, I was scroll. Did I was you on, really just say that? Yeah, she was cute. I was on social media. Then I clicked on her. And she was brilliant and, and what she was saying. Cute and brilliant. And I was like, okay, yeah, I got to send this to D'Amico. Okay? And I sent it to D'Amico and there was a rap at that moment. So joining us here on the Don Miller Show, um, she is the outreach person. Director of Diversity and Engagement for the Indiana Republican Party. Whitley! Hey, girl! How you doing, Don? Man, I'm <laughs> she out here cute and street. brilliant. Yeah, how you doing, Whitley? <laughs> 
I guess you don't get that package uh, too often. No, yeah, you don't. And if you get it, you better watch yourself. Okay, it might not be what you think it is. Uh, Whitley, thank you so much for joining us. I have read your story, and I have to say, it is a brilliant. It is it is a, an amazing story. Uh, it is a type of story that us here on the Don Miller Show historically uh, have uh, really found very interesting and appealing, especially to our previous audience. Today's audience is a different audience, of course, here at Florida Man Radio. But I, I, I want to talk to you a little bit and just kind of tell you, give us a little bit about who Whitley Yates is. You grew up in Indiana. With our uh, grandparents. Yeah. Can you tell us a yes. little bit about your, tell us a little bit about your story. Go Hoosiers. Okay. <laughs> My story, my glory. So hello to everybody out there in Florida land and beyond. My name is Whitley Yates. I currently serve as the director of diversity for the Indiana Republican Party. But my story, my glory is that I was uh, basically raised by my grandparents for uh, quite some time. Both of my parents suffered with addiction issues. They still to this day suffer with addiction issues. So I was born, you know, with fetal alcohol syndrome and drug addicted. My uh, grandparents adopted me. And that was the highlight of my life um, until my grandmother passed away. I ended up in an orphanage in Indiana, very interesting orphanage, the Indiana Soldiers and Sailors Children's Home, mm. funded by our government, our General Assembly. So I spent most of my adolescent years there until my aunt and uncle took me out of the children's home, brought me back to the city, in which then I reacclimated to society after being <laughs> institutionalized um, in a facility. But one of the most interesting things about living um, in a rural county with no black people in an institution um, that was really for orphans of war is that you learn some things that I probably would have never learned in the inner city. I learned how to hunt. We had a rifle range um, on campus. I was part of the rifle team. They taught us how to fish. We went to Camp Atterbury, which is a, a military training camp here every summer. And it's not so it's really a nice place. Atterbury's a nice place. It's a real oh, nice it's place. It's very nice. Yeah, yeah. Holly, you should know yes. Atterbury, right? No, when I was in Indiana, I didn't, I stayed away from Okay. I, go ahead. I didn't leave out I didn't leave out of Indianapolis. Okay, go ahead, Willie. Understandable. <laughs> um, so <laughs> So yeah, I kinda got these roots. I spent Christmas with the American Legion. That's who supported the home and got us, you know, Christmas presents and stuff. And so then came back to the city, went to IU Bloomington, go Hoosiers. Go Hoosiers. And so I've, I've kind of just done a lot of different things. After college, I traveled around the U.S. working in uh, real estate and new development, working with uh, real estate developers, which led me to Los Angeles, where I launched my PR marketing and advertising business and uh, got to work with some amazing Black businesses that you may know of and black moguls such as P. Diddy Combs, Essence Magazine, Motions Hair Care, et cetera, et cetera. I moved back to Indiana and I jumped into politics. <laughs> Actually, I kind of jumped into politics in California. Um, I helped on Mark Little's mayoral campaign. He ran for the mayor of Inglewood as a black Republican. And, and, Mark, and Mark's, um, Mark's an interesting guy, interesting man of God. And uh, yeah. really, pastor. he was a pastor. He's, at the yeah, church. absolutely. Mark, I know Mark well. Faithful Central. That's in Inglewood. So that was yes, in Inglewood. It was Bishop Omer. I think right now it's uh, Pastor JP um, is a pastor, and so that was kind of my first taste outside of doing uh, politics at IU. I was the president of my dorm. Wow. I ran a campaign to get uh, the fourth black 
elected student body president as president of IU. We won. We were what? successful. Um, and so that was kind Hold of let, my let me, let me Let me pause mm-hmm. you right there before you go too far down the road. So I want to I take you back to the orphanage because when I was listening to your story, you said something really interesting, and I wanted you to bring that out on today's show. Uh, you mentioned mm-hmm. that when you were at the orphanage, you started to notice how things affected your life there when the governor changed. So I think that was an interesting tie-in because at a young age, you got a chance to see how politics can impact your daily life. So can you talk a little bit about how that, how that. Absolutely. So the entire uh, orphanage was funded by the Indiana general assembly, uh, which is the governing body of the state of Indiana. Right. And I would notice, when there was a change, specifically after an election year, now, mind you, I am in the seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, 10th grade. Those were the, the years that I was at um, the orphanage. But based upon how they funded the budget would be indicative of the supplies that we would have. Now, mind you, the supplies that we were getting were the same as the women's prison. So we're getting the Bob Barker speed stick. Uh, deodorant. And so we wouldn't have access to some, let's say, feminine products based upon the budget and who was in office. We wouldn't have access to snacks. Like sometimes we were able to get Oreos and <laughs> Nutter Butters. These were like luxuries, right? When we got these, when we um, got them from the cafeteria. But I would notice based upon who was in office and how they were making decisions that the care of the facility was not up, kept up basically based upon who was in office. And so there was some infestation issues where I had to, you know, write home and get them to contact, you know, the state department of health to come in because we're, we were infested with bugs in one of our uh, divisions. And so there was just a lot of things that were happening and it really implanted in me that I never want to be in a position where I have to rely on the government to take care of me. Um, because I've experienced what that's like, and I will never want to be in that position again. And so they actually shut the home down, and it is now used as a challenge academy um, for the the National Guard. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. So then when you worked your first campaign, right, you you mentioned how you were kind of, I don't know if you want to say a monkey wrench was kind of thrown in the game when you you're working for this pastor, you're working on his campaign. And then you notice some interesting things with the people that followed him and didn't support him like you thought they would. Can you tell us a little bit about those dynamics? Cause I thought it was really interesting. Ooh. Oh yeah. So if anybody knows anything about Inglewood, California, it's like, it's like a black Mecca, right? Great black businesses. The city is on the rise. You've got the forum there. I don't know. That's where Kanye was doing his Sunday service. And, and you know what else you got? They, you got a lot of built, you got a lot huh? of Negro nanigans too. <laughs> yes, you do. Well, you got a lot of Negro nanigans. I want to hear uh, what especially was especially in the mayor's office. Absolutely right. But Go ahead. in right. my mind, in my mind, if I was going to work in any community, it's going to be this one. I was going to church um, at Faithful Central. I was helping Faithful Central Bible Church. At that time, Mark Little was the assistant pastor of Faithful Central Bible Church, the largest black church in Inglewood, probably one of the largest next to West Angeles in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So to me, 
him taking up the helm and being a servant leader in one of the largest black churches in the city and deciding to run for mayor, it to me, it's phenomenal. I think that there should be more kingdom-led people in positions of power, specifically politics. But he was a and Democrat. So were you, you were a Democrat then, right? Um, was I a Democrat then? I would probably say I was apolitical, oh. but leaned conservative just okay. because of my 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 church upbringing. Mm-hmm. So my grandparents had me in church. I competed in the Bible Bowl, Pentecostal, <laughs> Bible. the world kids. They told you she was a Pentecostal. <laughs> I just told Holly you were a Pentecostal. Didn't I tell you that? How did you know? Because I know How the Pentecostal. You, know? you sound like a Pentecostal. <laughs> Okay, go to the Bible Bowl. Remember that, Holly? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I was in the Bible Bowl. We were competing in D.C. Listen, I was that kid. I went to Camp Azusa, which was church camp in the summer. So I kind of, I grew up with this idea of leadership and kingdom leadership. So I was excited. I thought this was going to be great. I thought the entire church was going to But you got a rude awakening, didn't you? Y'all, when I say it was rude, it, I was pressed down, shaking together, and running over. <laughs> you played them damn Pentecostals. And, and I, was, I stopped playing with them. I was, I was surprised because what I thought would happen is that the people of God would come together to want to see the change within their community that they talked about. Mm. What I found out was it's easier to placate to people in positions of power without actually wanting to progress uh, mm. the community. And so I, one of the strangest, I'll say one of the strangest things happened when they invited the incumbent, the opponent, to Faithful Central Church Service. And now, granted, churches, if you have one candidate, you have to have the other. But the pomp and circumstance that they put on for the opponent when your assistant pastor is running against them, it was they had they were doing too much. They were doing entirely too much. And so I just felt like we as a people would rather and, and this is gonna sound harsh. And I don't want to sound harsh. You on the down no, no, show We as a people would rather wallow sometimes in poverty, just to stay connected to people in positions of power that aren't progressing us. Uh, Let me tell you what poverty, she said. My might poverty be. is okay because the pastor says, or because the politician says, and so instead of us being of agency, understanding that faith without works is dead, so it's going to take some work to get out of these situations, we lay it all on the no, pastor. See, see, no, no, lay it all you, on the you're wrong because me and Holly, seat. Me and Holly, we gonna get our pie in the sky. <laughs> I'm waiting to get my pie in the sky. I don't care. I can be in poverty down here because when I get to kingdom, well, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Well, that's, and that's that's even worse. I know. Yes. It's even so. That's the dream. That's the the dream deferred. You gotta wait until salvation for you to live a better life. Right. Right. That doesn't. That's. That doesn't even go with what the word says. So if you're supposed to be above and not beneath, the lender and not the borrower, mm-hmm. why are you running to the check cash in place every other you, week? You, you know, that's a good point. And, and, and no, 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 because I want to go into uh, we're coming up on a break. 
And I want to go into how you shifted into politics and become become the national political mm-hmm. figure that you are, right? And the pushback okay. from those who were supposed to love you and protect you, okay? <laughs> but no, no, I'm very serious because you've gotten a lot of pushback. And 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 I just want to know, as a single mom uh, who mm-hmm. had, who've had an amazing journey, I read a great piece about you. How you went from three hundred pounds that you 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 get you ended up mm-hmm. gaining weight after the birth of your child. You and then you people followed you on this weight loss journey, and you have just been so uh, open and transformative and transparent. Uh, with what you have done in the struggle. Uh, we got to go to break, man. We're going to go to break. Our guest, w- listen, Whitley this is very, Yates. Whitley Yates is our guest. Stay with us, Whitley. Whitley, stay with us, please. And let me tell you something. The second, when we come out of this break, this is going to be an interesting conversation. We just wanted to get to know who she is, but this is really important that we have this conversation today. Stay with us. Our guest, Whitley Yates, we'll be right back. Whitley Yates, we'll be right back. While serving in Vietnam, a grenade took my ability to see. Today, I'm a sculptor. Now, my fingers are my eyes. I'm Michael Naranjo. As a veteran, I know the challenges of life can be great. In my art, turning a lump of clay into something beautiful, that is worth doing. Life is like that. We each must use what we can to make things better. DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. I know it can do a lot of good. With support from DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world. Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. A few years ago, Steve Faircow's lungs were failing. I don't think I had more than a couple weeks to live. That's when Steve received a lung transplant made possible by an organ donor. Now Steve can do things he never imagined, like climbing 94 floors to the top of a skyscraper. I never knew that breathing could feel this good. It's an incredible gift. What could you make possible as an organ, eye, and tissue donor? Leave behind the gift of life. Go to organdonor.gov, U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Back to the Don Miller Show on Florida Man Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Don Miller Show where we listen, laugh, and learn. Listen, if you want to join this conversation, just give us a call at 321-339-1055 is the number to dial. Or if you just want to go over to the app and leave us an open mic, that's a 30-second, guys, 30-second open mic, you can join the conversation that way as well. Our guest, Whitley Yates. I can't wait to get back to this conversation, Don. Uh, Whitley Yates, Indiana Hoosier. Uh, go Hoosiers, of course. Uh, my good friend, Robert Montgomery Knight, he probably was gone when you was there. Uh, uh, let me just ask a question. So you shifted into politics heavily in the last several years um, and became a player in the Republican Party in Indiana, right? And if we know the history of Indiana politics, we go back to 40 years ago when Holly Holloman was living in Indiana and Holly had a job with the Indiana Department of Transportation, and Holly lost his job. Because I had to register as a Republican in order for me to get the job. Get the job, okay. And then for the first time in like 45 years, 
they had a Democratic president, I mean, a Democratic governor, which was Evan Bayh. And then what happened? I lost my job. Okay, so let's... <laughs> well, they well, they don't fire. This is how they do you. They don't fire you. They displace you. <laughs> they say, hey, look, uh, we're going to move you out to uh, uh, some some sort of uh, satellite R- office Rush, out Rush in County. the county. Yeah. They sent you to Rush some, County. Yeah, some place where you go out there, you got to take your hey. own light. And, hey, they sent you to Rush County. Rush County. Alone. <laughs> Beautiful Rush there. County, in Indiana. I know that's where the orphanage is in Rush County. Uh, let, let me just say this. So a, as you have moved through the party in Indiana, I know for a fact as a young conservative, a single mother, you have gotten a lot of pushback, oftentimes from black folk, right? Um, sometimes I get some from black people, but... Yeah. I'm going to be honest, not a whole lot. Okay, go ahead. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Not yeah, a me whole too, because they're still pushing back on my black ass. Uh, <laughs> go ahead. But, so, this is what I'll say the pushback that I do receive uh, from black people is usually black people who don't know me. Mm-hmm. But because I was so active in the community and helping people, people, they just know who I am. Okay. And so, you know, I'm like, that's my, they just say, that's my Republican sister. This is our conservative cousin. Um, and it's, it's almost accepted. But the black people who don't know me and who hear my title immediately think, oh, man, we got Candace Owens. <laughs> so they're going based on your pronouns. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's your pronouns. Yeah, you got to yeah, change yeah. those. Yeah. yeah. My pronouns are child of God. <laughs> but I think that. Jesus, Jesus, I Jesus. Received, All the time. I, I received a lot of pushback, honestly, from like within the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was it was interesting because the chairman, um, his name is Kyle Huffer. He's the one who wanted this initiative. He's like, we got to open up our tent. We need to take this message to communities that we don't usually go to. And I can't do it because when I do it, they look at me crazy. So we need to find someone that's comfortable enough in their conservatism that can go into these communities and talk to them just about conservative issues and let them know that we will be palatable decision makers at any table that they would like to invite us to. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was interesting because we spent a year traveling and meeting with different people. And so he, we would walk into the room and sit down at the table. He says, listen, I'm not here for your vote. I don't, I don't need your vote. We're going to win Indiana. Like <laughs> people would be so taken aback and offended. They would be offended mm-hmm. to be honest because they would be like, what? You don't want my, what you mean you don't want my vote? We're going to win without you. Like, mm-hmm. we don't need your vote to win Indiana, one of the reddest states. But what we want to do is build a relationship. What we want to do is talk about issues. And they were, I mean, after they got over being offended, right, they appreciated the fact that he wasn't coming in asking them for something. This mm-hmm. is, what do I need from you? This is what I need. What, it wasn't like that. It was like, look, we're going to win with or without you. Do you want to have some connectivity to what's happening to the leadership here, to the supermajority in the House, the Senate, to the governor's office, to all of the statewide elected positions, because your community is consistently on defense, and I think it's time for you guys to get on offense. And they will be sitting there like, what? Because the, they just never heard anyone just be as blunt and as honest. And, 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 I, and think, so, I think that is the approach that should be taken more often uh, when you go and talk to underserved communities in states where you really don't need their vote. And, and Florida is one of those states. Uh, and, and when I look at what's happening in Florida and how many of the other states 
have moved into engaging people. Uh, oftentimes, and, and I go back, and, and you're, you're kind of young. I had a wonderful friend by the name of Julia May Carson who passed away many years ago in 2007. And Julia Carson uh, was the congresswoman, probably the first black to represent the state of Indiana in the United States House of Representatives. Do you remember that name? Mm-hmm. I know her. She's a family friend. Okay, great. So, Miss Joya. Very close. Miss Joya and Andre, Mm -hmm. uh, just really wonderful lady who I listened to attentively uh, as she uh, worked the system at a very high level. And Mm -hmm. it is very important. You know, I go back to Katie Hall, who I love so much from beautiful Gary, Indiana. And and it's just I think there's a way that this can be done to engage people in the conversation without offending people or making people feel some kind of way. And so when I hear you talk and I hear the basis of your conversation, single mama, uh, a foster kid uh, who didn't give up, who didn't quit, uh, because uh, reality says on paper you should be somewhere else right now. And But you fought through right. this, you fought through this, and you continue to engage people. And as a, as a young Christian woman, uh, who is r- raising a child, I just want to tell you your voice is different than many of the voices that they're putting out there to talk and to communicate Absolutely. these conversations. Go ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. So, And I think that that is why I was able to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I didn't, when I get booked and I go speak and I'm talking, you know, to, I've, been, <laughs> I've been asked to speak to groups of, of Democrats, actually. Mm-hmm. When I go and when I speak, it is usually from the perspective of conservatism because I believe that conservatism mostly aligns with my Christian beliefs. And whether that is conservatism um, on the Republican side or you're a Democrat, but you align and agree with the fact that family is foundational, we should be supporting families with the fact that we value life and we should be good stewards of our money. Like this is like these types of principles are so fundamental they're elementary they're rudimentary people just get it but no one has ever said that to them before when they see or hear republicans they think political personalities not principles and not platforms Mm. and so being able to really talk about what it is that conservatism means and that belief system has benefited me now on the party side We've got credibility gaps, and this is something I've I've talked about with them as I've traveled around the state. Like I said, I got I got a lot of people that didn't like a lot of Republicans that didn't like director of diversity title. They don't like diversity. It's identity politics. It should be all about character, et cetera, et cetera. And so it was almost I'm reminding them, hold on, wait a minute. Before before you say you don't like diversity, do you understand the founding of this party? Do you understand when we have Lincoln Day dinners who we're actually celebrating? So before diversity was a thing, there was a group of people who were fighting for people that didn't look like that. And whether their intentionality was to maintain political power, et cetera, their execution helps to free people that look like me. So when we talk about diversity, how are you going to be against something that is foundational to the party in which you subscribe? And, and just having them reassess and reevaluate their connectivity to what diversity means because it's a dirty word now. I mean, it's identity politics. It's, you know, he, she, they, the Libidigitiqua tribe. It means all types of things. And I think LGBTQIA. Yeah. I'm mad because you got that the first time when she said it to me the first time. I was like, whoop. 
she's like, what tribe is that? I haven't heard of that tribe. You know, but, but it means such different things. And so there needs to be almost like a revival. That's what I told them, a revival where we get back to the roots, but we can't have credibility gaps within our politicians. So if we say that we believe in fiscal conservatism, you can't put nobody in office that's consistently printing money. If we say we believe in family values, you can't put somebody in office that literally doesn't believe in families and has created broken families all around the country. Like we have to heal the credibility gap so that when people say, okay, well, this is what they say they believe and they see the politicians, the politicians are who they say that they believe and they are that way politically and personally. Okay. And I think that there has been a big gap and divide in that nationally and, and on a local level. Okay. So right now we're in a heated conversation uh, Donald Trump, uh, I, I, you know, everybody else is way down the list secondary. So we got Donald Trump uh, indicted three or four times, is it three times now, four times, uh, indicted and probably going to be indicted again in Arizona. And the conversation is such, uh, and I'm telling you this, and, and you know this, you're on the ground. So I'm telling you what I'm seeing. You tell me if I'm, I'm, I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Black folk in the Midwestern United States are rapidly moving towards supporting Trump, okay? Now, I'm talking to people on the south and west sides of Chicago who are seeing this, and the downplay by the media. Holly and I just had this conversation. A friend of mine uh, is a journalist, was a, a field producer for a major network, said that they were covering some Trump stuff, and they told him, do not film the black people, right? What are you seeing in Indiana among the African-American, the regular folk, not these bougie-ass Negroes <laughs> with jobs and money? What are you seeing by the regular people uh, in, in Indianapolis uh, as it relates to this political season? Uh, who are, you, are you seeing people excited about voting for Biden? Or are you seeing people saying, you know, I'm, 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 maybe we should try this over here. Right. Go ahead. So interestingly enough, I would say in Indianapolis, no, they're not excited about voting for for Biden, but they're also not excited about voting for Trump either. Mm -hmm. So I would say they are just middle of the road, not excited at all, probably not going to be high turnout. Which which Um, is also a problem. Correct. Correct. I, I would say actually in our municipal elections right now, it is the exact same, just even keel, like, you know what, I don't like you and I don't like you either. And so I think the problem that we have created um, and thanks to social media and thanks to media is that we as a society live to be entertained. Mm. And so we look to be entertained and enraged in politics. So what is going to happen as we get closer to the election, once the primary shakes out in May, is you're going to see both sides enraging their base and entertaining them to get them to turn out when it should be the ideas and visions that you have for this country. But instead it's going to be the hatred that you have for the other party or the other person. You know what? And so what it, I love you. <laughs> no, for real. Holly, how long you been saying this? Holly? I, I, huh? I, she just, I, I didn't want to say it, but I was starting to get feelings for it. <laughs> Listen to this. This she, is very important. She actually said what, that she actually said something I, I say all the time, just vote for what's right to me. That whole parties, and like I said, I kept trying to liberal and conservative and Democrat and right wing, left wing, all of us allegedly the same thing, but different. 
And I, I don't understand. I just say, just vote for the right thing. But I'm one of those people that would be, this, that's where she's saying that the people in Indiana are. It's like, hey, I don't like you. I don't like you. So I'm, I'm really in a, in a tough spot because I'm not going to just pick the the best of the devil. The best of the world. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. the fact that we're there is a testament to the culture of our country. This didn't just happen overnight. It didn't just happen that we have a president that's senile and another president who basically is a narcissist. Like, we didn't just get here overnight. This is the right. culture. We thrive on this kind of yeah. drama and dissension, and the, the palpability of purpose is missing. Yeah. There is no purpose. Like she point. said, we bought this on ourselves. And wait a minute. We, we did. I, and, and listen, and we consume it. let me yeah. just say this. We bought it on ourselves. We consume it. We eat it up, right? To such an extent, Saturday, Kamala Harris had a party at a house. The hip-hop, the hip-hop 50, 50 with years the of hip-hoppers. Hip and <laughs> what is that about, right? The culture. It's the culture. You know, Pandering. you black people. You, so wait, you Negro culture. That's your Negro culture. And, and, yes. and it's like, I don't know. Like, why do you have? Now, if they did Motown, I'm with you. I'm with you. Right. But but Kamala Harris, first of all, she's dancing like the whitest white. She's dancing like know, Stedman. Now, now I saw one she's time. She's dancing she dipped, like Stedman. She dipped, you dipped, we dipped. We she did. Dipped, she did. She, yeah, she had dip. a couple well, moves there. No, I think oh they played 69 boys. No. <laughs> I'm not condemning another woman's dancing because if anyone has ever seen me dance, <laughs> oh, you dance like Elaine. You dance you like Elaine from Friends from uh, <laughs> Seinfeld. But, but again, when you look at this, it's pandering. so terrible. It's pandering. You got these. Yeah. First of all, she ain't have no good rappers at the house. Okay, uh, well she did. Who, who the, she had? Lil Wayne performed. Lil Wayne, a good the, rapper. It's according to the stock, the the you know the business. I don't like him at. I don't. I don't like rap really. Oh, so, but I, I know they said his name, uh, and I think it was a couple other people that, that were there. Uh, Remy Ma, whoever Lil, the Lil heck Ray. that is, and then uh, Lil Wayne trying to get his charges. Co forty five and uh, uh, Slit Small Little Bull. Her two step and her, and I think if she wants to pearls. celebrate hip hop, it's great. Celebrate hip hop. That's not a reason for us to vote for you, man. No, it ain't. Um, that's and a, did you bring your white that's husband? Not a reason for us to look at mm. you as a leader. She didn't bring her white husband either. No, he was at Stedman's clam bake. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't bring her white husband. I'm like, bring your white husband. You, you know what, um, Don? Uh, Whitley said something really interesting uh, off air, and I wanted her to bring it to your attention because I think you're going to like it. So she mentioned that we're looking at candidates where their character is pretty much flawed. I don't know if you want to say flawed or dismantled, whatever you want to use. And then you ask the question, why isn't the church raising up leaders where we actually have some good choices that align that align policy and principle and mm. people can actually vote on something where it's actually going to empower the people. She asked, where is the church? Why aren't they producing where leaders? And I think that's a really good question because I've heard it, you ask that question I'm Dr. Gonna, I'm in that. a different way. Because the church is is raising entrepreneurs. <laughs> no, they're raising not. entrepreneurs. No, they're not. And, no, no, no. Church yeah. entrepreneurs. No, that's no, a different church, church yeah. entrepreneurs. No, the oh. church yeah, they're raising entrepreneurs. entrepreneurs. There you go. These, these dudes are in, it, a lot of them are in to it for the business of church, okay. not for the, yeah, but the sanctity not of church. Okay, uh, what did you? Well, okay, what were you saying, Whitley? No, I, I think that today's church is a lot of empty vessels. Oof. They use the brick and mortar to propel business. 
It's the church as a business, the commodification of religion. The commodification. The commodification I did that show. Spirituality. Didn't I do that show? Um, the commodification of spirituality. But you didn't use those words. So, I did use commodification. <laughs> she's, she's way more diplomatic about it. Yeah, I called it something else. Yeah, Florida Man Radio. Uh, okay, uh, but but so no. it's not about it's not about saving souls. It's about the savings account. And, mm. and what you and say? The problem. Oof. The problem with that is we used to look at our churches as centers to places of power within our community. Would the civil rights movement have been the civil rights movement without the church? Not we at all. Not, not at all. That was our organizational furthermore, area. Mm-hmm. Wow. Furthermore, we had um, a strong sense of family and black men leading, which that's Come a whole other topic that... That's what I wanted to hear. Black men leading. Mm. And so what we have now, and thanks to social media, to be honest, because that has also propelled people to have platforms that are not producing any fruit. And that is also a problem. So you've gotten people who have these large platforms. They they talking on Instagram and Facebook. They got millions of followers. They're raking in dough and sponsorship, churches with sponsorship, et cetera, et cetera. But but, but can I uh, can insane. you do me can I listen I'm going to tell you uh, I want to dedicate a song to you oh on boy. the Don Miller show no oh for boy. real man okay. can we this is for you I just want you to listen to a few minutes uh, uh, no thirty Gatorade. seconds of this no stop right there hold on stop can you get that ready for me sir let me just say this right because. It is very important. You mentioned a couple of things in this conversation, and thank you so much for joining us. You brought this back to what we've been bringing it back to, accountability. You didn't say that, but that's what you're saying. fact that we have gone away from where the, the only reason we're here today is because we had significant coverage from black men leading, mm-hmm. from, from Dr. King, from A. Philip Randolph, from many of the leaders the, the entire civil rights movement mm. was about black men leading, respectable black men leading. But the basis of this move was the church. And the commitment to such was, wasn't about money, wasn't about savings account, but about saving souls. Mm-hmm. And now we find ourselves cheering for people that are getting rich on Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and whenever it's to that extent, I, it really saddens me, but I was listening to this the other night, and, and it's so interesting that you join us here, a young Kojic lady. And I thought about this song. Go ahead, man. God's unchanging. Pray for Cotton Pearson. He is not doing well. Hold to God. Unchanged hand. Remember that? Unchanged hand. Amen. That's when the choir used to march. Here it comes. Yeah. Yeah. Here we go. One step, two step. Remember that? Yeah. Thank you so much. Played by the ushers with their gloves on. The ushers with the gloves. Yeah. 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 Uh, You know what, Willie? We just want to say we really appreciate you joining us. And spending some time with us. How can everybody follow you and see what you're doing? You're doing amazing things. You guys can follow me at Whitley J Yates um, on Twitter, on Instagram. Y'all don't want to follow me on Facebook, so those are the two places. 
Wiggly Lake. 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 Guess where she got her start yeah. in radio? Where? Right in the Don Miller studio for five, six, seven years. So, yeah, 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 yeah. She started she here. Said, what? <laughs> there would be no yeah. Devlin Figaro if it wasn't no Don Miller show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was on the air with me, Holly, and D'Amica. For many years, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 You came right at what, the end. Right at the end. But so it was really mostly you and Don. Yeah. Me and Holly. Yeah. She got it. We beat her to death, and she's one of the most hardcore yeah, I, I didn't beat her. There. I didn't beat her, no. Yeah, yeah, you did. I, I would never say that on there. <laughs> but but Tedlin uh, started with us, and she's doing great things out there uh, with the conversation. Willie, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you guys. Here's a call to action because I like to give those to everybody listening. Okay. Look at the policies that are being created. Um, forget the politicians. Look at what yep. they're writing and look at policies and see how those policies are going to impact you and your community. Took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, Willie, you're always welcome to pop in at any time. You're ever in Florida. Uh, just feel free to join us here in the studio at Florida Man Radio. We really appreciate what you're doing. Your voice is vital to our growth. And uh, if you ever want to move to Florida, we can use your voice in Florida, but I know you want to stay in Indiana. Uh, give my regards to everybody up there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, guys. Have an amazing thank rest thank of your week. Yeah. Thanks, Whitley. But, but, but Holly, Whitley Yates, yeah. Yeah. she yeah. was smart. Yeah, she said some things. Yeah, she she caught on at the end for me. Yeah, I, yeah. I like what she said. Yeah. My, my whole thing, again, is that whole, you know, category stuff, you know, and just like the, when she started talking about church and the part we didn't get to was that they, whoever they is, they have gotten to the churches. They mm -hmm. have gotten to oh, the they pastors. Absolutely. They, absolutely they have gotten to them and saying, hey, look, we can help you with this. We can help but you, you with this. But you got to do this. And you lead, if you lead them this way, mm -hmm. we got you. Right. So they go to the shepherd and get the shepherd to lead the sheep. <laughs> and then now, you know, everybody's out there going, well, how do we get here? Well, hey, we go on the break right now. Your shepherd. Can you give me some more Cardin Pearson or did you get rid of Car that? Car Man, we come back. I'm Cardin Pearson, that's a medical Carlton Carlton Pearson. Pearson. He lost his he wife. Well, he lost his wife? He, he lost no, his wife. No, he lost his wife. But he's in the hospital right now. Well, yeah, you know, he, not well. he was always, always kind of on the edge, you know, oh, you, yeah. you know, he could take a slip any minute and <laughs> fall on the thing. Yeah, 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 fall on the thing. Listen, I, you listen to the that. Don Miller show. We come back. We'll continue the conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Whitley Yates uh, from Indianapolis, Indiana. She was solid. We'll be back in a moment. Okay, men, this is your time. Maybe you didn't choose this, but you're here now. You're going to go out there and be an all-star caregiver. It's up to you. So what are you going to do? You're going to go grocery shopping, cook, clean, be there emotionally and physically. you got to dig deeper. Drive them to physical therapy, doctor's appointments. Don't you forget about the pharmacy. No, you won't. Because that's what caregivers do. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. This is your time to show the world, your family, and yourself that you're tougher than tough. Now go out there and be the best caregiver this world has ever seen. Caregiving is tougher than tough. Find the care guides you need at aarp.org slash caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. For more than 140 years, American Humane has been working to protect and make the world a kinder place for animals. 
You can help too. Visit AmericanHumane.org for simple ways to build a more compassionate world for all of us. WFYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Tonellan, WZLB Valparaiso, Florida Man Radio. Back to the Don Miller Show on Florida Man Radio. That's dedicated to Shauna, my wife. Welcome back to the Don Miller Show, where we listen, laugh, and learn. Our guest, Whitley Yates. She was a good interview. Give us a call, 321-339-1055. If you have some comments that you would like to add to that conversation before we switch, because we switch and we switch hard. <laughs> you got any open mics? Uh. That, we got that, no open mics. Okay, good. Thank you so much again. This is the Don Miller Show, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, FloridaManRadio.com. Head over there. You can grab the app. You can take us anywhere you want to go. Uh, thank you so much to Whitley Yates, who I thought uh, did a great job in kind of sharing uh, her story as well as how she's arrived at the point she is. And, and it's great when you hear young people. Uh, I don't care what race you are, but when I hear, you hear young people who have come to a point in life where they believe that it is important to share a story and even push the conversation uh, to uh, areas where people have probably in many instances uh, been uncomfortable pushing it to, and especially people who look like me. So thank you so much, Whitley. Uh, How old is Whitley? I think she's under 40 for sure. Under 40? Yeah, she's, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. she's under 40. And and I just think that uh, those type of conversations, and she's out there uh, pushing the conversation down the road, and we have to look at young people like this uh, and really support them and, and engage them more. So Whitley's always welcome to come back here uh, to our broadcast and, and engage in the lively art of conversation, even when we're not talking politics. She seems like uh, she's got a humorous side to her and yeah. just a very engaging <laughs> young lady. Yes. Um, I want to hit something again. Uh, we, As we say oftentimes here on the show, the model of the show Let's listen, listen, laugh, and learn. And, 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 I like how he was looking around like, like somebody come on, choir, come on. choir, you know, that's, that's uh, your so, cue. So the model of this show uh, often, uh, as, as you probably know, is, oh, is listen, much. laugh, and learn. And, and I've said uh, many times that uh, we, we have a show laid out. Uh, I'm driving here to the studio, <laughs> and all of a sudden I'll call everybody or text everybody, and it's like, we're not going to talk about that today. No, he because, won't tell us that. He okay, just won't talk about all. it. He'll just say, I want to talk about this. <laughs> There's no warning. <laughs> but, uh, so, so no like, prelude. <laughs> no, you ain't, yeah, no. Sometimes, but you've got to keep people on their toes, uh, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I, I had a conversation. I'm going to hit on it briefly, uh, but I think I want to do this show and bring some experts in, but I don't want to go too deep on this. And if it gets deep, it's get it gets deep. Head over, get ready to drop us an open mic on this one. Or 321-339-1055. Listen to this. So there's a 10-year-old kid in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, who killed his mama uh, last year. And this 10-year-old kid, not only did he kill his mama, guys, uh, his family that's remaining, including his grandma, 
uh, they want him to go to jail forever, right? So 10-year-old kill, point blank, kills his mom, uh, Kiana Mann. This happened in Milwaukee because his mom allegedly uh, didn't want him to play with his video game. So he kills his mom. This kid had already been uh, diagnosed, it sounds like, with some behavior issues. He's being treated for behavioral issues at the time. So he kills his mom, and uh, now the prosecutors in Milwaukee uh, are seeking uh, to charge this 10-year-old as an adult. And the pushback on this is, is interesting. Uh, the grandmother, the mother's mother, the grandmother of this 10-year-old is saying, lock him up, lock him up. And there's nobody running to the rescue of this child, and they're charging it as an adult. My question today is, uh, do you charge a 10-year-old as an adult? But well, my- he's 11 now. He At the time that he shot his mom, he was 10. Mm-hmm. So at the, at the time he shot his mom and was arrested. Was so was it old. an accidental shooting? Or so it- when they first investigated, um, it was real accidental because he said that, you know. He accidentally found right, the gun and then, shot it and killed her. <laughs> but then when the right, police right. officers interviewed him a second time, then he said that, you know, he was upset because his mother woke him up early and um, he grabbed the gun uh, and shot her. So, but he's being charged with first degree intentional homicide. He's 10 years old as an, and 11, 11 now. Mm-hmm. Right. And they're saying that they found probable cause and bound the defendant, right, to stand trial for first-degree murder. He's 11, right? Right. D'Amica's position is, I don't know how I feel about this. Mm-hmm. Right. My position is, lock his ass up. That was that was the, the, the handcuffs. Okay, your position yeah. is? Lock him up. Okay. Lock him up. Okay, D'Amica's saying, wait a minute. Duh, he's got. I think I think he should be institutionalized because he had issues way before he turned ten. He, as a child, um, his his siblings said that he um, had mood disorder. So there were instances where he would have uh, fits of rage. There were instances where he would show no emotions at all. So he's had some he's had some issues for a very long time. He's as a young person, and I think maybe two or three, they started to notice these issues, and he was getting counseling. So for them to say that he has no serious mental issues when there's history of mental illness there, and he and it's on record that he was hearing multiple voices at a young age. That's why he needs to be locked up. Multiple imaginary voices at a young age, not mm-hmm. at not at ten, eleven. So there's there's track record there. So to just dismiss. Uh, all of those issues that he's had as a as a child to say that there's no um, mental, no serious, they call no serious mental issues. And to also say that at 10 years old, that he understood the difference between a misdemeanor and a felony and being. He tri- understand the damn difference between life and death. OK, he killed his mama. Point blank, okay. up in her face range. Okay. Pull the trigger, Holly. So again, you're just going to dismiss the fact that this kid has been having issues even as I, a toddler? Yeah, I wouldn't dismiss it. i just still right. lock him up. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't I'm dismiss not, it. I'd be like, hey, the boy got issues, but lock him up. Holly, you're missing. I'm not saying that this kid shouldn't be institutionalized. He should have been institutionalized before he was 10. Right. But- so so ignoring, ignoring that he had issues is what got them to that point, period. Well, the okay, mom, well- the mom, Kiana... 
was it, it getting her master's degree in... She was getting her master's degree, Don, but from what I read, it was not in mental illness. Really? It was in business. Yes, yeah, so okay. it didn't have anything so, to well, do... But the, but, but the bottom line, remember we were talking about the, the attorney general or whatever down in Miami mm-hmm. that let the kids out, that, right. that killed came back later on to kill somebody? Remember, no, no, remember the, the, the big kid that killed his little sister. Yeah, okay. In a wrestling oh, move. The, at, all of those things. Now, right. that wrestling move, I, I was... I, children play stupid. Okay, they they do. they do some silly stuff, but not with a gun. Right. And, and and if you're gonna if we're gonna go back and say this about him, you know he had mental illness, whatever, whatever. His mother is not gonna be able to come back and kind of take them. Go okay, we're gonna take the bullet halfway back because he shot you in the face. We're gonna take it back, and you're gonna we're gonna let you live anyway. She's dead. She's never coming back. She's never gonna come back. I don't get this, what you just said. This, I'm I'm saying that the the kid. You want to go back and say, okay, he had mental illness, all these reasons why he may have been in a bad situation. His mother is not going to be able to do any of that because she's gone. So what he, the decision he made was a final decision when, she, when he shot her. Yeah. She can't come but, back. But again, can't. So what, are we supposed to give him let's, pity? Let's, We're supposed to say, oh, I'm so sorry because you... No, I never said that. But let's, saying that no, no, but let's go to the shooting of LaShawn. Well, LaShawn Rogers, 41-year-old LaShawn Rogers in Orlando, Mercy Drive, Mm -hmm. when the 10-year-old fatally shot her last year, her mom was in an altercation. The girl goes in her mom's backpack or purse, takes out the gun, and kills the lady mm-hmm. who was she, the mom is engaged yes, in this I altercation this with. And then she tells the authorities pretty much, I'll shoot that bitch again if she touched my mama. That's different. Does she go to jail? That's, How do you charge her? That's different. How? Tell me about it. Well, but uh, again, so you want to dismiss the history of this particular kid and compare him to other scenarios. That, I'm saying, can, that, can that you, particular- should you charge a 10-year-old, whatever the scenario is, who takes someone's life? So do they have a child bullet or an adult bullet? So you can use a if the child using a I'm not what I'm saying is how how this sounds. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, to you me, kill, that's not what killing sounds. him like this is okay, but if killing him like this, that's not what I said. Okay, no, but, it's not what you said, ahead, but that's please. what no. we're getting. That's okay, what we're getting. How, how how are you getting? I don't understand. We're getting how you're because you sound like that. you have some sort of empathy for the kid yeah. who shot this lady have, in the face. I, yes, I have empathy for the kid because I believe, based on what I've read, that there was definitely some issues so there. How would and you, the how family, would you, how would and you the family, advi- he should be institutionalized. But but again, we got rid of exactly. Every so, middle, remember, Florida had the Florida State Hospital. Oh yeah, oh and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. There are no more of those again, places. Again, in Mississippi, where I'm from, they they got rid of the mental institutions and the people that they would have generally put there. They put them in prison. So to me, when you're treating mental, true mental illness, I'm not talking about make made up in mental illness that you just want to use because you want to get out of, mm-hmm. you know, your the consequences of your action. But true mental illness, then and, and just put them in the same category as you know regular crew. to me that is not right okay let's go to the phone lines hey you on the don miller show what's your name where are you calling us from i'm calling from orlando i'm definitely with D'Amico on this one because he has a mental illness in addition to that considering the severity of it how did he get access to this gun i mean was it not locked up so um, the but so to your point, yeah. the the gun was locked up. He got the key. Now where she had the key, I don't know. But it did. The story does say that he got the key. He went into the box, unlocked the box, took the uh, took the gun out, pointed it at the mom, and then after he shot the mom, 
he ordered the uh, um, the goggles, the the mama goggles. The he ordered the right? goggles Listen, let me on finish. an Amazon he account. Ordered, he ordered the goggles after he shot her, and then after he was arrested. Now, no, this I think this may have been before he was arrested, but anyway, he was talking to the mother of the mom, so his grandmother, and he says to the grandmother, I'm sorry I shot my mom. Did my device come yet? <laughs> Listen, that is, come on. He, he, should, he should have consequences. Absolutely. Thank you. To help him to do what? Get out yeah. and be okay? No, he, 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 he may not. become a worse criminal. Exactly. He to understand what's happening in his mind. And but so we should spend no, millions, we should spend thousands of dollars to no. take care of the, to, to bring no, him back to where he can never come out in society and be and, and assist anyone in society because you can't let him back out. I mean, he shot his mom no, in the face. That's true. It's true. There should be consequences, but he's also a what? kid with mental and he illness. Pre, he premeditated. He went and got the got the key. He had a bunch of times he could have stopped. He could he could have stopped. Dad, this is the same what kid was, that what has he been exposed to. Like, there's some things that we may never know, but there should be consequences. Yes, but he needs help understanding. His mind. Okay, caller, caller, caller. Give me an example of a consequence for this. And then, and then, if they, if they, if they just send him to prison, he need med- He needs a psychiatrist. He needs medication. He needs counseling. Yes. That's what he needs. Just throwing him in jail. Look, there again. Throw him in jail. Okay, if you don't, if you don't help. throw him in jail, if you throw, okay, say you get him rehab. So what, what is he going to do? Out. What is he going to do later? What is he going to do later for all of this work you're going to put in to try to find out what his issue was and how it happened and all those good things? What but is going to happen going to later for him? Anyway, money is going to be spent on him anyway, whether he's in prison or in an institution. Might as well just get him some kind of resource and at least try to help this kid because he's 10. To, do, to help him to do what? Read, to bring him back into society? I'm, I'm not saying he should be back into society, but he needs, he's 10, he's 11. He needs help. He needs help. I've seen kids. Okay. Stomach I've seen throat. kids that I, I will come Absolutely. out and cry. Like you can hear sometimes these demonic sounding voices coming out. Little kids, voices that you should never even hear coming out of a person. Like sometimes when you see these kids with mental, it is scary. It sends chills down your body. So to see a kid experiencing that, like there's almost no words for it when you, when you see it, it's, it, Gary, it's not uh, like well, just to let you know. Okay, th- it, thank you so much, yeah, caller. Go ahead. It's just, just to let you know, it's not that we don't have passion for the kid. It, what well, I'm you saying, don't. Well, 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 you, that, your, you speak for well, yourself. Well, okay, okay. okay well, lock his ass well, up. Well, well and, and, okay. and I still say lock him okay, up now, right, but when I say yeah. passion for the kid, right. the, 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 the chances of trying to fix that were, were good up until he shot her in the face. Right. After he shot her in the face, now you have to go to a different set of rules. Because as a kid, you're like, oh, I want to help him. He's got issues. He's got issues. You know, I told you I worked in detention. When I, know, I worked in, yeah. And a lot of those kids had mental illnesses then. Right. And they should have helped them then. Markeith Lloyd. Mm-hmm. And Markeith, you see what happened when he got older. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, I mean, that there may have been something they could have done for him back in those days or, or when he was younger. Mm-hmm. But it didn't happen. They gave him like Ritalin or something like that to calm him down or keep you relaxed for a little bit. And then you get out and you redo the same thing. Let's all head over. back to the phone lines. Hello, you're on the Don Miller Show. What's your name? Where are you calling us from? Hey, what's up? This is Phil. I'm up in the panhandle. I don't know if I agree with your take on this. I mean, does everybody there have kids? Yes. yes. Okay. And do you not think the. Hello? Hello? They made decisions that were completely irrational. Yes, but not shoot anybody in the face. 
Well, I agree. Their I mother, agree their mother, do that kind of stuff. No, I, and I, I agree with that. But I, hello, that were not rational and they didn't have a really grounded view on it. And I don't know if it, I don't know if it's justifiable to put this kid in prison and say we're going to leave you here for the rest of your life. Okay, I Phil. Don't know. Phil, 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 let me just say this: uh, you're calling from the Panhandle, correct? And there's a track yep. record that okay. there was something broken okay. in this kid. Okay, so you're calling from the Panhandle. What area of the Panhandle, like, kind of like, what area? Uh, Panama City. Okay, Panama City. Phil, are you familiar with what's happening in many of the urban communities in this country right now as it relates to violent crime? Yeah. Are you familiar with who's committing such violent crimes overwhelmingly? Yes. It's juveniles, right? That's right. So we, we don't... So so, how do we stop this? What? How can we send this message, or how can we even move toward addressing it when we continue to have this level? That this is a heinous crime, right? This guy, this kid, killed his mama, shot her in the face, and I agree with everybody when there, there's something wrong with this kid. But there was always something wrong with That's this right. kid, right? That's right. But you you just pointed that there's a larger issue at play here, right? Absolutely, right. we're seeing Absolutely. this kind of violence by kids all over the place. Absolutely. So to the, 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 the problem isn't the children. Mm. It's who's guiding the children, what's, what's going on um, in households, what's going on at large in our community right. and just in our country at large. Mm-hmm. Violence is portrayed everywhere. Um, and I just think that a child's mind at 10 years old mm-hmm. isn't capable of making lifelong decisions. I mean, this is some of the same arguments we're getting into with the transgender stuff, right? Mm-hmm. A child exactly. isn't able to make a lifelong decision. Exactly. And they yeah. don't understand the consequences the same way. You're and right. I think that as a society that is breaking our children, mm-hmm. we can't then just throw them in a bottomless pit and say, we broke you. But we don't love Wanna you enough to fix, fix ourselves or thank fix you. you. Thank you. That, that's a great point, and I I, well, I agree well, with well, you. Let me 100%. let me let me ask you I, let me ask you this: Would you be okay if they rehabilitated him and sent him up uh, to live near your kids? Would you feel okay? Uh, yeah, with that? yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I I think that there's this might be a longer process. Exactly. Than just, you, this than just six months of counseling. Thank you. Right, because you've got a child that's. He has done something that is going to sear his conscience in a different way. And you've already said that the kid was dealing with, like, emotional detachment on stuff. Right. I'm not saying that every child in every situation can be really rehabilitated and put back into society. We'd have to know this one in depth. But I'm saying that every child is worth it. And if we're being honest, we're the adults in the room. Collectively, we broke that child. Mm. Thank we you. have him in a society that promotes violence. And, 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 you know, just in that is such an influence on a young mind that as a group of people, we have broken these children Absolutely. and we have to do what it takes to fix them. But we can't just say we caused the problem and now we're going to throw you away. I don't think any child should be thrown away. Every one of them can be reached and recovered. Maybe that looks different. What kind of society did he come back into? Maybe is it a controlled environment mm-hmm. that he's released into, not into general public going to school? Mm-hmm. That's possible. Well, thank you so much, but man. God loves them. God loves them, and we have to all. Thank you so much, Phil. I really appreciate that call. Yeah, yeah. And you brought me to an interesting point. Uh, I hear what he's saying. I, yeah, I, I totally hear what he's saying. Yes, yeah, it's, it's not. Know, it's, but, but I got to use this moment, right, to look at a separate conversation. 
the the violence in in the black community by children is greater than the violence in many other communities, right? So, our what is the carload of fifteen year olds the other day that shot and killed a six year old in Orlando? Mm-hmm. Okay. Were they suffering from mental illness? The carload of 15-year-olds who killed the baby? And and, and, and was a 10-year-old who shot the lady, Lucretia, at point blank 10 feet away? Was, was she suffering from mental illness? Was the young 9-year-old who killed his mama in Cleveland, was that kid suffering? The point but, see, there's, but Don, there's, you can't, but that's not right because there's a difference between mental illness and mental conditioning. Those kids are coming. That young lady that, took, that shot that lady and was Pine Hills yeah. in defense of her mom, yeah. that... To, based on what I've read, that's mental conditioning. Mm-hmm. That mother has conditioned that child to respond in that way. Mm-hmm. And trying to lump them all together, it's, it's just not it's So not how, right. should that, it's how, not should, how should mental conditioning be charged? I, I, listen, Don, I'm not saying that these kids should not suffer some type of consequence for their actions. But at the same time, you still do. We, st- we owe it. To, we owe it to them, to this generation, to get to the issue of why they're being conditioned in that way. Okay, okay, I I, I support that. I one hundred percent support that. But but again, when you look at the prosecutors across this country who have found themselves in a quandary, oftentimes, uh, who are concerned, should, should they charge a fourteen? Should you charge but, a fourteen-year-old carjacker but, who took the car Don, and still shot the person? But Don, listen. How do you charge a it? lot? In a lot of those instances that we've, a lot of the shows that we've done on those types of crimes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. usually the kid has already had a history before they get to that point. Right. So why are we allowing them to keep committing crime after crime after crime, and then we wait till they actually kill somebody, and now now we want to do something because about it? Because we think that, that we can rehabilitate them, and a, they'll come back and be but okay. But they're, they're not even trying to rehabilitate them in any form or fashion, Holly. Well, they're, well, they're not doing anything. Well, well, we have to check to see if he went to any counseling did he have any medication that he normally takes and a lot of times if you look at these guys that are doing these uh killing spree uh uh you know these mass shootings at schools and and grocery stores and things they have the same issue that this kid had when they were growing up uh-huh. and then this is what and and if it you let it fester it turns into things like We've this had, and then we keep pretending like we haven't had programs from what i understand especially here in the orange county they used to have a youth program mm-hmm. that was facilitated by the sheriff department the, if the, i'm not mistaken that was yeah. that that was effective, it was effective. and it was yeah. decreasing youth crime so let's not pretend like they can't we can't do anything or that they're not any programs that have some efficacy some proven efficacy that can make a difference in these communities in the, in the lives of these kids. Yeah, let's but, not play but, that game. But it, yeah, but they're not playing hey, the game. Hey, let's take a this break. Let's take this a break. Really we come back. We'll continue the conversation if we choose to. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you tune into the Don Miller Show on Florida Man Radio. Stay with us. Contribute to the madness by clicking the open mic button in the free Florida Man Radio app. On the topic of parasites. I don't care if you're bipedal, tripedal, or quadrupedal. You ought to take care of them roundworms. Probably just take some of that artworm medication from your pup. That's right, little ivermectin. This vaccine probably does work. Their goal is just to kill everybody. 
You can get ringworms from rocking around a damn Walmart in a Circle K in mid-Florida. Leave your open mic now with the Florida Man Radio app. Back to the Don Miller Show on Florida Man Radio. Gladys Knight. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Don Miller Show. 50 years ago. This was 50 years ago. That good music. Mm. Where we listen, laugh, and learn. Give us a call. 321. I was 18 years old. 339. 1055. <laughs> or you can go to the app, leave us an open mic, 30 seconds, a 30 second open mic while we listen to Gladys. Mm. <laughs> 50 years ago, I was That's 18. Gladys. I was on a date when this came out. Boy, this was them good, it's slow drag music. Remember Slow Dragon? That yeah, was good I remember that girl. She had pretty brown eyes. She had her eyes open when you was dancing with her? We was in the car. Mm. 72 Buick Century. Roll down windows. Duct tape on the window. <laughs> because all I wanted to tell her was this. Because neither one of us. Neither one of us. Wants to be the first to say. Oh my goodness. Was this a call or an open mic? That's, it's a call. Hey, be a caller. Hey, caller, you're on the Donald Show. Where are you calling from? Hey, John from Atlanta. How are y'all? Hey, John, what's going on, boss? Hey, man, it's all right if you ain't white. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but look, I got a totally different take on this thing. What you got? Okay, I know. I have to do that. That way you know who I am, right? All right. So build that relationship. <laughs> but the thing is, okay, if the kid, the 10-year-old, had access to a gun. Yes. Where's the, where's the investigation on that? Where was dad at on that or mom on that? Wasn't no dad. And it. All right, well, Single parent. Okay, and that's a, that's another co- uh, conversation for another day. Absolutely. But but the, but the thing though is that the kid had access, mm-hmm. and so if you got access, then yeah, in a in a fit of rage like this kid's uh, has reportedly History. had, mm-hmm. you know he's he's going to do some stupid stuff. Right. And and it's unfortunate. It's heartbreaking. It is. It's heartbreaking. But I can't see taking a kid. You know, most kids that uh, you know, you'll see where they'll take a kid, charge him as a charge him with a crime until he's eighteen, mm-hmm. and then they let him. They you know they try to rehab him or whatever, and then let him back out in society. I mean, there's a. I mean, I come from a personal. I mean, my aunt got stabbed by her uh, by her grandchild mm-hmm. because he was uh, addicted to the uh, you know PlayStation thing or whatever, and he came after her with a friggin' samurai. And killed her out in the front yard. Wow! And this made big news up here in the wow. Atlanta area. Wow! And uh, so, but that how kid old was, was that? How old was the kid? The kid, that kid was sixteen, seventeen. Did they charge him but as he an was adult? Paranoid schizophrenic. Uh, no, uh, well, actually, yes, they did. Yeah, okay. they tried him as an adult, but they, but rather than put him in with the general population, I guess um, they sent him into some kind of a uh, institution, mental institution. Okay. Um, that's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah, so. But thank you so much because let me just say thank you very much. Let me just say this, right? <laughs> this is the problem. They're not many mental institutions still open. Because they got open. rid of them. They got rid of them. In Florida, there was Chattahoochee, right? Chattahoochee was a thousand bed mental institution. It was a state mental institution. Where was it, Holly? Do you even remember? Uh, yeah, it's like uh, past Gainesville, Ocala area, I think it was somewhere. Well, somewhere near the Panhandle, not too far, though. Uh, but I re- I remember the place because it was uh, they also had a juvenile jail near there 
also, or I'm sorry, boys' school is mm-hmm. what they called it. Which also uh, got in some trouble for yeah, the treatment they, of where boys. Where they were, they were, they were killing boys. Yeah, basically, yeah, they were yeah. doing tests and stuff, and they were killing the kids. But Chattahoochee closed down right after uh, a Supreme Court lawsuit. Uh, O'Connell versus Donaldson mm-hmm. uh, because of the way they were treating the patients. Yeah, yeah electro, uh, what that electro yeah, yeah, yeah. something. They were, yeah, it was, it was out of control. So, but most of them have closed down. Let's head over and listen to some open mics. So it seems like everybody's arguing over this because we only have like tip of the iceberg information. I mean, where's the dad at? Was was he around? Was he abusive? What's the disabilities? You know, what's, you know, behavior? I mean, what is it? Schizophrenia? Is it something else? Um, the other thing is what what's up with the mom? I mean, was she abusive? Do we know that? Did somebody put him up to it? We really got to see all the facts before we just argue at each other. But yeah, I agree. He needs to be institutionalized. Um, I don't agree with the whole prison thing for a 10 year old. Okay, well, uh, let me just say something. Okay, there was no dad. Right. It, uh, it's not tip of the iceberg. We from got what, a lot of details. From what we've studied and right. read, and I've talked to people in, in, in Milwaukee, single mom. Single parent home. Going to college, getting her kids. master's degree. She had three other kids. Right. Uh, and she was trying to do the best she can. Had a serious family support group. Right. Uh, they were church-going people. The grandmother, everybody was involved in the children's life. My concern is having a gun in the house when you have a diagnosed schizophrenic. Nope. Well, it, it, that wasn't the diagnosis. Okay. The okay. diagnosis was a mood disorder. disorder. Right. So starting around two or three, he already had signs okay. of Okay, let's head back to the phone disorder. lines. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Hey, you're on the Don Miller Show. Hey, you're on the Don Miller Show. Okay. Okay. No, okay. he's not. Uh, hey, what were you hey, saying to me? Hey, you're on the Don Miller Show. What's your name? Hey guys, in regards to the 10 year old, this is another lead. You know, when a dog has rabies, can't be fixed, take him out back and shoot him. <laughs> this kid ain't going to be fixed. There ain't no way in hell that any amount of money is going to fix this kid. You put him in the system, he's going to come out worse no matter where it's at, hospital or jail cell. Just lock him up, throw away the key, and hopefully he dies. Wow. Damn, that's well, now cold, I got to say this, though, because I don't, cold. that's not what D'Amica was saying. Well, no. I, I, that's not what I got. That ain't what, what I was saying. What she's saying either. is that she thinks that there's hope for, for, yeah. to help this kid. Don't just throw him away. Throw okay, him let's away. Let's get another open mic. We got 10 year old, 11 year olds out here gang banging every day, busting caps on each other. Mm-hmm. I say make a statement, put him in the electric chair. His mama should have swallowed him. <laughs> Wow. Let's go back. Listen to another open mic. Oh, my. Didn't they used to have a show on HBO years ago called Scared Straight where they bring all the kids into the prisons and let the prisoners, you know, have their way with them in a certain, you know, angry way? Maybe we should bring that back. Put a bunch of 10-year-olds that are, you know, doing this kind of thing. Let the other 8-year-olds come in and see what happens if you, you know, make the wrong choice, you know? Beetle, 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 Listen, yeah. real but talk. It's scared really, straight. It's Remember, really, scared straight. But it's really troubling. It's really troubling to me yeah. that America. I'm gonna say America because we got people from calling from all over of, of America. It's really troubling to me that you can know. I get it. He's ten, eleven now. But first of all, at two, three years old, when you notice your child is not displaying moods like a normal child is having fits rages 
fit rages, whatever you want to call them. And then all of a sudden they have no mood whatsoever. There's something going on there. But, but, but listen to this. And, and, and the child is telling you that there are multiple invisible people that he's talking to mm-hmm. and they have ages. Yeah, that's scary. And say, come on. That's scary. So you you mean to tell me you you're witnessing a young person, a young two three year old that's telling you these things four years old, and you guys don't think anything is wrong with that? But 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 listen, you want to treat this child like a normal child? So, Are so you serious? There right was now? there was there was a serious slip up in parenting, right? Let's okay. be all agree on that. There's a serious slip up because in we parenting. don't want to acknowledge mental illness and get the proper treatment. Especially forward. in our community. Especially in our oh, community. Ain't no question about it, right? But but there was a slip up in parenting, and the whole thing about scared straight it went away because somebody said that that's a violation. A woke person, one of the woke people you talk about all the time. Some woke white person, woke. and it was a woke white for sure, yeah. okay, said that scared straight oh when goodness. they would take the children to the jails and, like, for real, it was scary, right? Yeah. And some woke white said, oh, my God, they're violating their civil rights. Cut it out. Yeah. But here we go. Everybody want to move toward woke behavior. The fact of the matter is... Absolutely, there was a slip up in parenting. There's a crisis in the black community by uh, absolutely not acknowledging mental illness. I had people around me growing up that had real problems, and they said, pray about it when they should. No practical help whatsoever. There should be a way that a child like this should be taken from the home. And I got a story, and I told this story the other day, and when a friend of mine had a daughter, and this young lady was nuts, like whacked out. And she stabbed her brother when she was eight, right? She set the house on fire when she was 11. And this went on and on and on. And we kept telling her mom, you need to get, you she, need. She stabbed? She, she stabbed her brother when she was eight. She set the house on fire, right? She, she was constantly into, she, it was out of control. We wouldn't even, hey, we cooking, y'all should come on. We ain't going over there. Because I would have punched that little girl in her throat, right? She was out of control, right? Fast forward, she gets to 20 years old and just out of control, didn't go to school, and she gets arrested for murder. She killed the John. She became a prostitute, and she killed the John. Then they found out she'd killed several Johns, right? Listen, you got to do me. Listen, as a parent, I know you want to love your child. It's nothing like loving your child. I love my child, my children. I love them, right? Yeah. At what point does this system that we pay into offer us the ability to say, come get them? <laughs> you can come get them. We can't save them all, y'all. We can't. We can pray for them. We can do the best we can. But, are, but you are saving them by putting them in a place. Come get them. Yes. Come get them. Where they can get some help. Come get them. Because you're not helping them. No. That's not love. No. And you're putting your other kids in danger. Absolutely. That's not love. Come and get them. Mm. For real, right? And pretending like there's not an issue, that's not love. That ain't love. But again, you know, uh, we, we got all these people who don't understand. Look, when you got the ability to call somebody or good insurance, <laughs> wait, wait, I'm serious. When you got good insurance, where you can go to the doctor when you want to take your child to the doctor. When you understand the numbers in the black community, in the Hispanic community, in Appalachia, in po white Appalachia, right, where many of these young women 
don't even know they're pregnant until six, eight weeks in. And guess what they've been doing, D'Amica? Drinking and smoking. Drinking and smoking and doing molly. So now you got a baby in your stomach that has ingested your behavior. Mm -hmm. Hmm? And this child comes to life. And you tell me, without help or early acknowledgement or early d detection, you think this is going to be an upstanding citizen in the society? Hell no. Wow. This problem is gigantic. So while we out here marching the street for nonsense, we are creating criminals that are, and I want you to hear me say this, doomed from the womb. They're doomed from the womb. Because of this. Oh, I guess that's what happened with the mom then. Thank you so much, everybody. She was punished. The Don Miller Show. What a way to go out. The Don Miller saying. Show. Tomorrow, it's today, and Eastern Time. Thank you so much, Whitley Yates. Thank you so much, Holly Holloman. Thank take you us so out much, Demetra We Page. never have enough time. Thank you so time. much, Stedman. Thank you so much. I want to talk intern. about this some more. Thank you so much, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. FYY HD3 Windermere, WXUS HD3, W266DY Tonellan. Bill O'Reilly here. You are listening to the O'Reilly Update. Coming up next, the news with Mike Slater. Thank you, Bill. It is Monday, September 11th, 2023. Here's what's happening today in America. 22 years. No more Second Amendment in New Mexico. Virginia governor pardons a man. Convicted murderer still on the loose. And California has a bit of sanity. That's all coming up. Then Bill will be here with your message of the day. But first, New York officials have identified the remains of two victims from the September 11th attacks, which were 22 years ago today. They were identified through newly adopted DNA testing. Still, 40% of the victims of September 11th, 1,100 people, remain unidentified. The governor of New Mexico, Michelle Grisham, a Democrat, suspended the right to carry firearms in public in and around Albuquerque. She said the recent shooting deaths of three children at a minor league ballpark last week was the last straw for her. So she issued a 30-day ban on open and concealed carry. And she also declared gun violence a statewide public health emergency. To be clear, you you can't do that. You can't ban people from opening concealed carry just because you want to. So this will go to court. The governor says this will be enforced by state police and violators will face a $5,000 fine. Two Republican state lawmakers in New Mexico are calling for her to be impeached over this. The governor of Virginia, a Republican, Glenn Youngkin, pardoned a father who was arrested at a school board meeting in 2021. Maybe you remember that video of Scott Smith. He was charged with obstruction of justice and disorderly conduct for what happened at that school board meeting shortly after his 15-year-old daughter was sexually assaulted in a bathroom, a school bathroom, by a boy wearing a skirt. And Smith got fired up because the superintendent at that meeting denied any knowledge of any sexual assaults happening in school bathrooms. But he knew about Smith's daughter. 
the convicted murderer in Pennsylvania that escaped from prison. He's still on the loose. It's been 11 days. He's now been spotted more than 20 miles away from where the police had their initial search. He somehow slipped through the police perimeter, stole a van, and headed north. He's since ditched that white van. It ran out of gas, and he's changed his appearance. He's been knocking on people's doors and talking to the cameras to try to get inside. He was convicted in the killing of his former girlfriend. He stabbed 38 times in front of her two children. Always good to present a bit of sanity in California. There's not much of it. New poll in the L.A. Times asked Californians if they support cash reparations for black Californians. I was shot down 59% oppose, only 28% support. The latest proposal from the state is $1.2 million for black Californians. San Francisco is seeking $5 million in reparations. I'm Mike Slater, Bill O'Reilly with your message of the day. Next. The chairman of the Fed is promising more pain ahead. Last year's stocks dropped 20%. And this year could be worse. You are right to be worried. So please call the only precious metal dealer I trust, American Hartford Gold. They'll show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So please call today and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your IRA or 401k. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. And they will give you up to $5,000 of free silver on your first order. Please call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text G-O-L-D-GOLD to 65532. Again, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. The love sponge. I feel so horrible about this. Maybe this is why. Maybe why this is why karma gets me sometimes. Because I started lying back with Kevin Hobbs. Mm. So That's as we're leaving, kids. listen. By the time we go around the corner, we hear Dang. three of them, and me and Larry are like, <clears throat> "Oh, you're laughing too. Mm. We're laughing too. Got a bloody nose and a he got he got ass. his nose broken and double lied about with a three whack chaser. Like I feel real bad about it. <laughs> love with the love sponge mornings on Florida Man Radio.